Welcome inside the Dynasty War Room. I'm your host, Andrew Valancourt, and we are back today for episode three of the Dynasty War Room podcast. On this week's show, we are going to discuss the best value picks in each round of a 12-team Superflex Dynasty startup draft. If you missed episode one, where I talked about this year's rookie class, or episode two, where I broke down some buys and sells on the trade market, you can check those out on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or just about any other platform where you typically listen to podcasts. Make sure you follow the show on the platform of your choice, subscribe to the Dynasty War Room on YouTube, and follow the show on Twitter at Dynasty War Room. With that said, let's jump right in. I picked out a player in each of the first 15 rounds of a 12-team Superflex startup draft that I think represent a good value compared to the other players in that round. I've also picked out nine late-round players, including several that you can take with the last pick in your drafts that I believe are values right now. This time of year is not my favorite for startup drafts. I tend to prefer drafting in the summer, but I know there are still lots of startups happening now, too. If you aren't participating in a startup anytime soon, this should still give you some names to target in potential trades. Except for the running backs, because remember, we don't buy running backs before the NFL draft. So to get started, uh, let's just look at the first round. Pick range 1 through 12. Again, in a super flex draft, this is primarily going to be quarterbacks with a couple of the elite wide receivers thrown in. Uh, so again, so that those 12 players currently on Sleeper, which is the best platform, in my opinion, for Dynasty Leagues, we have Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, CJ Stroud, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, CD Lamb, Justin Herbert, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Anthony Richardson. So again, all the players in round one of a Superflex startup draft are going to be awesome. These are cornerstone players for your franchise but in my mind nabbing a quarterback is the best way to go if you can swing it as long as you're getting one that's in that elite tier now to me uh, I think most of the quarterbacks here already are in that elite tier but if you're talking about a value that's where Justin Herbert comes to mind for me he's currently at number 10 in ADP he's 25 years old and to me if you're looking you know, to get someone considered the best value in this round. Herbert's who I would go with. Uh, he battled some injury issues the last couple of years, um, but he's still 8 of 12 healthy games this year. He finished with 20-plus points. He was a top 8 weekly quarterback in 7 games this year. And, and in my mind, he's really the last of this elite tier at quarterback. The quarterbacks going right behind him are Anthony Richardson and Trevor Lawrence, uh, both of whom have loads of potential, especially Richardson. But again, if you're talking about a first-round startup pick, you need somebody, in my mind, that's a little bit more solidified as an elite player. So that's where Herbert would be the last quarterback that I would be looking to take in this first round. He's in that same grouping here. He's just behind Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud, who are at 5-6. and six. And then there's the run on those three truly elite wide receivers, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb. Um, and sandwiched, you know, between Lamb and St. Brown. So Justin Herbert, the best value to me on sleeper right now in startup drafts. I think you can worry a little bit about Jim Harbaugh coming in as the head coach. That offense is going to change, and whether or not that's going to necessarily change in a good way for fantasy is debatable. But Jim Harbaugh does know how to coach, though. So I know that team is probably going to turn into a winner. 
And that's going to help Justin Herbert over time, even if the defense does improve. Of course, we love mediocre defenses for our quarterbacks in terms of fantasy production. But Justin Herbert has the chance here to take the next step. And he's still only 25, so he's got a long, long career ahead of him. He just got that massive contract. So I'm a fan, and I like him at the 10th overall pick in startup drafts. Now, the second round uh, picks 13 to 24. I'm going to go with Puka Nakua, wide receiver. He's 22 years old. He's currently got an ADP of 24, so he's the last pick in the second round, which currently right now is Bijan Robinson at 13, Trevor Lawrence, Brees Hall, Christian McCaffrey, A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson, Jameer Gibbs, Dak Prescott, Tyreek Hill, Kyler Murray, Justin Fields, and then Puka Nakua. Now, Puka Nakua had an incredible season, came out of nowhere, uh, late round pick by the Rams. He ended up being the wide receiver four in fantasy. Uh, he had the best rookie season ever for a wide receiver. He plays with a quarterback that loves to feed his receivers and has just this long history of elite fantasy production at the wide receiver position, whether it be Cooper Cup or dating back you know, to Megatron. Stafford knows how to get the ball to his best players. And Puka, I think, has now surpassed Cooper Cup. Um, especially in Dynasty, uh, but I think even in redraft, I think Puka is probably the wide receiver one on that team now moving forward. And I think getting him at the 2-3 turn in a startup is great value. Um, He's going in an area with what in my mind are a bunch of tier 2 and 3 quarterbacks. You know, we're talking Fields, Purdy, Tua, Jordan Love, guys that are certainly solid players, but... If you're talking a late second round, early third round pick in a startup draft, I want an impact player that's going to be on my team, you know, for the next 10 years, and I can just lock him into my starting lineup. And Puka to me is that guy. I think he's going to be a top five, top 10 dynasty receiver for a long time. And I think he's just going to keep building on his rookie season. And he's currently going behind, uh, he's going behind Tyreek Hill, who you know, is 29 years old, and sure, Tyreek Hill, elite, elite player. He's sur- surely going to be above Puka in redraft and whatnot, but he said, hey, he might only play two more years. So in terms of, you know, you take age and longevity of the career into account, I don't know how you could have Tyreek Hill above Puka Nakua in a startup draft. So to me, that's great value and I've got him locked in for my second-round value pick in a startup draft. Third round, picks 25 to 36. Right now, in order, we've got Brock Purdy, Jordan Love, Tua Tagovailoa, Sam Laporta, Chris Olave, Jalen Waddell, Brandon Ayuk, Nico Collins, Travis Etienne, Jonathan Taylor, Devonta Smith, and Michael Pittman. So definitely some names in there that I like. There's several players that I would be more than happy with. But... Um, As much as I love Sam Laporta, I think this is probably a little bit early for a tight end. I tend to want to build my teams around wide receivers, uh, you know, nabbing an elite quarterback in the first round, and then receivers as much as I can. So Chris Olave is going to be my pick here for the third round. Uh, He's only 23 years old. He's going at 29 overall. And to me, of this string of receivers in this round, um, you know, we talk Waddle, Ayuk, Collins, Smith, etc., I think Olave is the best of those players, and at only 23 years old, 
he has a lot of room to continue to grow as a fantasy asset. Now, he's obviously stuck with a subpar quarterback in New Orleans. Uh, with Derek Carr, that's not the best situation. But on the bright side, he is the clear number one receiver there. And it's a team that's probably, you know, they're going to have to throw the ball. Um, they're probably going to be playing from behind a little bit this year. I think we see... Uh, you know, the Saints maybe take a, take a step back. They're in a really bad salary cap situation that's finally caught up to them. And Chris Olave, to me, is somebody that, you know, if he can just get a couple more touchdowns, you know, I think he really jumps into that next tier that we were maybe hoping for this past season with him, and it didn't quite happen. But he still improved upon his rookie season. Um, but again, if he, he had five touchdowns, this past year and four as a rookie, if he can just bump that number up by two or three, um, you know, get a little bit better production out of Derek Carr, which again, you know, might be asking too much, but I think Chris Olave represents a value here in the third round uh, at pick 29, and I think he's going to be, you know, probably a borderline wide receiver one, two for a long time uh, in fantasy, assuming, you know, he can just make a slightly bigger step here in year three in the fourth round here I'm going to stick to my trend of young wide receivers that maybe haven't quite reached their potential yet and I'm going to go with Drake London uh, 22 years old going off the board at pick number 43 and if we start here with pick 37 on sleeper uh, the players currently going in the fourth round of startup drafts are Kyron Williams, Devon Achan, Trey McBride, Kenneth Walker, DJ Moore, Mark Andrews, Drake London, Tank Dell, DK Metcalf, TJ Hawkinson, T. Higgins, and Zay Flowers. And again, this is a round that I love. Um, if you're in a league that allows you to do trading during a startup draft, you know, if you can maneuver your way to end up with a couple more picks in this fourth round, I think this is a, a great round for value in fantasy. There's multiple guys I could have gone with here. In fact, I had Trey McBride slotted in uh, number 39 for a little bit here. Uh, while preparing for this episode. But again, I had to remind myself I want to focus a little bit more on building at the wide receiver position rather than uh, tight end. And Drake London is at only 22 years old. I think, you know, was an incredible prospect, top 10 pick by Atlanta. And I think he's finally going to get some quarterback help this year, which should propel him up into, a, you know, the top 15, top 18 range, I think, finally this year. And I mean, he's dealt with Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke and just bad quarterback play in general, not to mention Arthur Smith, who, you know, clearly showed during his time in Atlanta that he didn't know how to run an offense, uh, particularly not one that was going to be good for fantasy football. So he's got a new coach, new coordinator, should have a new quarterback. You know, the the new coaching staff over there, Raheem Morris, Zach Robinson coming over both from the Rams as we've talked about, they know how to feed wide receivers. And I fully expect Drake London to have a significantly better statistical production under new coaching staff. Um, we'll see whether they go with a rookie in, in the draft. I think, you know, J.J. McCarthy could be an option. Uh, I think they're, they'd probably have to trade up if they were going to get, you know, a Drake May or a Jaden Daniels. But they could also go the veteran QB route. We've heard lots of rumors about Justin Fields. Uh, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, you know, who who knows what they're going to go with, but there are a lot of different options at the quarterback position, all of which are better than Desmond Ritter. Uh, 
So, you know, Arrow is pointing up for Drake London, and there are lots of players in this range. I, I know I mentioned McBride. Tank Dell at 44 coming off of a rookie season with C.J. Stroud is somebody that I like in this range. D.J. Moore uh, with the Bears, he's still in his prime and is somebody that, you know, really took big steps once he got out of Carolina. Uh, if you want to – I prefer – Trey McBride over Mark Andrews in this range of the draft. Um, you know, so again, there's a handful of players there that I do really like in this in this draft range. Uh, but Drake London is the guy that I'm going to go with, with the ADP of 43. Moving on now to the fifth round. Um, again, another round with a lot of quality players that I wouldn't mind having extra picks in if you can figure out a way to make that happen. But... If you're stuck with one in a standard startup draft, I think this is a great range to land your QB2. Or if you punted the position early on and you were not able to secure you know, one of those elite quarterbacks in the first round, Jared Goff at pick 54. Uh, he's 29 years old. I think this is a really good spot to grab him. Um, these are picks 49 to 60, which currently on sleeper are James Cook, Jordan Addison, JSN, Kyle Pitts, Rasheed Rice, Jared Goff, Stephon Diggs, Deshaun Watson, Bryce Young, Jaden Reed, Dalton Kincaid, and Isaiah Pacheco. So, again, some solid players, but if you're looking at a quarterback position, you've got Jared Goff, Deshaun Watson, and Bryce Young. And to me, I think Jared Goff is far and away the better player to have out of those quarterbacks in this range for your dynasty roster. I think Deshaun Watson is pretty much toast. I'm not sure that... Bryce Young is ever going to be anything more than a game manager uh, if he, you know, even does figure it out in year two or three. And the only other player here that I really was torn between, I think Rasheed Rice uh, was was somebody that stuck out to me that if you're, again, looking to build through those young receivers, he's somebody I like in this range. Uh, Jordan Addison, JSN. Um, I think Addison's probably going to be above Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba at this point. But Jared Goff, uh, great value for a top 12 fantasy quarterback. He was QB7 this year, QB10 the year before. He's about to get a big extension from the Lions. He's going to be there for the next few years at a minimum. And he's got elite weapons. He plays in a dome. Up-and-coming team, just awesome offense. We love what the Lions are doing on the offensive side of the ball. Um, And Jared Goff, you know, he doesn't provide that rushing upside that you would really like to have in fantasy. But he is a very consistent steady guy that you can just plug in at your QB2 spot and know that he's going to be fine, Uh, especially if you end up with a third quarterback later on that you can start on weeks where, you know, Jared Goff is on the road against an elite defense or something along those lines. But I think you can fire up Jared Goff for every home game, most of the road games. Um, He tears apart bad defenses. So, and again, you have Ben Johnson coming back for Detroit. So Jared Goff, 54th overall pick, uh, that would be somebody that I would be targeting in this round. In the sixth round, pick 61 to 72, we're going to take our first running back. And these are the picks here from 61 to 72 before I give you the name. And it's Rashad White, Debo Samuel, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Adams, George Pickens, DeAndre Swift, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Alvin Kamara, Mike Evans, and Cooper Cup. So this is where we're starting to get in some of the veterans that are still high-level fantasy producers. But 
to me, I like to steer clear of some of those players in startup drafts uh, just because I don't love taking guys that I think I might only get one year out of. But when it comes to a situation like this where you know, you're trying to build your team with young elite wide receivers and an elite quarterback, you know, you're probably not taking running backs early unless it's a, a B. John Robinson or a Brees Hall. But Saquon Barkley, who we mentioned last week on the buys and sells episode, I had him in a buy. He's going at pick 63. Um, and he is 27 years old, which, you know, you're starting to get close to the edge for the running back position. But I do think he probably has two more really good fantasy seasons left. And at a position like running back where you really do, you know, need somebody that can make a difference in your lineup, you know, Saquon is that guy. He was the RB13 this past year, but running back nine in points per game, which I think is more important at the running back position. You know, he was a top five running back in both in 2022, and he's a free agent this offseason. So as we talked about last week, you know, the the landing spot's going to matter, but given how good he was on a bad New York offense I think there's some hope pretty much no matter where he goes uh, that he's going to continue to be that bell cow back. Um, he catches passes. He can really do it all. And he's somebody that at this point in the draft, you know, where, you know, you're talking about, you know, aging aging veterans um, or other running backs that maybe are a little bit less solid in my mind, um, you know, like a DeAndre Swift or an Alvin Kamara who's, you know, a couple years older. Saquon, to me, is somebody that gives you that top five upside that some of the other guys can't necessarily provide. In round seven, pick 73 to 84, um, this is a spot where I could give you another name that we talked about a lot last week. Um, in fact, there's a, a couple players here in this range. I, I really like this rounds, you know, six, seven, eight, nine uh, in these startup drafts. I think you can get some pretty good values. And right now, starting at pick 73 in the seventh round, you got Chris Godwin, Najee Harris, Tajay Spears, Christian Watson, Terry McLaurin, David Montgomery, Christian Kirk, Joe Mixon, Kirk Cousins, Amari Cooper, Brian Robinson, and Baker Mayfield. I could easily go with Christian Kirk because I do think that he is a strong buy at this range. But I also like Christian Watson in this range. He's going at pick number 76. He's only 24 years old. If we were talking like we did last week in a buy and sell situation for a contending team, I do think that Christian Kirk or a Chris Godwin, one of those players represents a better buy for a contending team. But in terms of a startup where, you know, you don't necessarily know right away if you're going to be, you know, contending year one and you're trying to build sort of a sustainable long-term winner, I think this is the type of range where you want to take a shot on somebody that has a really high ceiling. And to me, that's what Christian Watson represents. It's someone that if he can just get past the injury issues that he seems to have, uh, particularly with his hamstrings, this is somebody that's paired with a young, talented quarterback in Jordan Love. Green Bay's offense is certainly you know, on the upswing. And... He's one of those guys that, you know, could end up with the big-time touchdown totals, double-digit touchdowns, 1,000 yards, and could develop into Jordan Love's favorite target over time. But, of course, he has to stay on the field. So 
that's why Christian Watson is such a boom bust type of pick in this in a startup draft. And I could certainly understand someone that wants to go in a different direction, but this is, I think, late enough where you're maybe willing to take a little bit more of a risk that you were not willing to take, you know, in the first five or six rounds of a draft. Um, because again, I, I tend to be a bit of a risk averse type of fantasy player, but at some point you do need to take a shot on somebody that is one of those high ceiling, low floor type of guys. In round eight, uh, Javante Williams, he's going at pick number 88, which to me in this range of picks 85 to 96 represents the best value. We talked about him last week, so I'm not going to go too in depth on him, but again, young running back that is really talented. He's going to be more than a year removed now from major injury. And I think this could be the year that he finally breaks out. I know there was a lot of talk in the last couple of years. Well, you know, Javante Williams is going to be the guy, and then he just he just hasn't been. But if it's ever going to happen, I think this year has to be it. So if you're going to take a chance on running back in this range, I like Williams. Two other guys, David Njoku going at pick 89, and Josh Downs at pick number 91 are also two guys that I really like in this range. And... Again, the whole, the whole range here, I, I think I forgot to mention uh, all the guys going here in round eight. But we have Deontay Johnson at 85, Zach Charbonnet, Will Levis, Javante Williams, David Njoku, Keenan Allen, Josh Downs, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Jones, Calvin Ridley, Jalen Warren, and Ramondre Stevenson. I don't, I don't love the quarterbacks in this range. I'm, you know, Will Levis certainly pretend, presents some upside. So if you wanted to take a swing at a quarterback position um, and, and land an upside QB3 type, or if you don't have a QB2 locked in, I think Stafford represents an option as well. Um, but this is probably an area where, you know, I want somebody that's, again, has a bit more of a ceiling. And so that's why I like Javante Williams in this range. And just one quick note on Keenan Allen. I don't, I don't hate the the ADP here either. I think he's going to be another value uh, in trades. I don't know again if he's somebody that I would be trying to draft in a startup, but you know a, a buy low type of player uh, for contending teams. I think you could get him relatively cheap right now after after his injury. But as long as he's back with LA, um, I think he's he's a nice player to have uh, either for redraft or. Um, you know, a one-year buy-low candidate in Dynasty. In the ninth round, we're going to stick at running back, uh, picks 97 to 108, and Hollywood Brown kicks off this round at 97. Jake Ferguson, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, Derrick Henry, Geno Smith, Russell Wilson, James Conner, Nick Chubb, Dallas Goddard, Roshan Johnson, and Daniel Jones make up this round. And this is like the land of the old running back here. And there is one that I think is undervalued compared to the other players in this tier, and that's Tony Pollard, who was, by all accounts, a pretty big disappointment in fantasy this past year, considering the hype that he had coming in. And at 26 years old, at pick 100, I do think this actually is a pretty good spot for value here because he's going around players that... I just, he's better than at this point, you know, and he's younger. He's going around Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, that like we mentioned, Nick Chubb, who is coming off an incredibly severe injury. You know, I like James Conner in this range, but 
I don't know that he is the upside of a Tony Pollard, who, again, is also a couple years younger. And the quarterbacks in this range, we're talking Geno, Russell Wilson. I'm not a huge fan of that range. So that's where Tony Pollard, again, is another one of these upside plays that you can plug into your lineup. And, you know, he was coming off the big injury. Uh, He was pretty healthy this past year, um, which is why he was able to finish as the running back 16 this year. Uh, But again, only running back 23 in points per game, which I think is, is more important for running backs frankly, for every position, but especially at running back. But he's going to be a year removed from the injury. Uh, He is a free agent. I think there's a pretty good chance he ends up back in Dallas. And if he does, I would imagine he's going to get paired with, you know, maybe a little bit more of a committee this time around. But at this late in the draft, you know, you're talking mid-ninth round. I think that's a pretty good spot to grab, you know, an RB2, uh, somebody, even an RB3, or if he really punted the position, which is getting increasingly popular, I have no issue with him even being running back one in a dynasty dynasty situation because you can always make trades closer to the season. Because again, if you're doing a startup draft this time of year, you're probably going to be avoiding running backs, like in general, in the top you know eight nine rounds, and you're going to load up on those receivers, quarterbacks, get a tight end or two. So if Tony Pollard is your RB1 coming out of a, of a midwinter startup draft, I think that's a great spot to be. Now in the 10th round, uh, we're reaching a part of the draft where I love the tight ends. Michael Mayer would be my pick here. Um, he's 22 years old. He's going at pick number 116, so the back half of the 10th round. Some of the other names going in this range, starting at 109, uh, Evan Ingram, who, again, I like the tight ends in this round, so he's another one. Uh, Derek Carr, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Jerome Ford, Aaron Rodgers, Jamison Williams, Michael Mayer, Pat Fryermuth, Jahan Dotson, DeAndre Hopkins, and Jacoby Myers. Probably my three favorite players in this round are all tight ends. You know, I mentioned Michael Mayer, but Pat Fryermuth is somebody I really like here. I like Evan Ingram, and I think they all represent really, really solid, uh, you know, dynasty value, uh, especially in a tight end premium league where these guys are really going to help your lineups out. And I'm not opposed to a situation, depending on how your draft falls, taking a Michael Mayer and then pairing him, you know, coming right back with one of those other tight ends if they're available for you. Um, Because Michael Mayer was an elite prospect, uh, went to the in the early second round, you know. You know he didn't have a great rookie season, 300 yards in 14 games, but he had no quarterback. You know we're talking Aiden O'Connell, uh, you know a washed up Jimmy Garoppolo. This is somebody that you know you're probably not drafting as your starting tight end in a startup draft. That is a little risky to me, but he's somebody that should be your starter probably by the end of the year, and especially uh, by his third year in the league, and. If you can pair him with another vet in this, you know, round 9, 10, 11, 12 range, I think that's a really good spot to be in if you're not willing to take one of those, you know, elite tight ends at the top. But tight ends in general do take a little bit of time to break out. You know, not every tight end is going to be Sam Laporta or Dalton Kincaid that come out and just, boom, are awesome right away. And when we saw Trey McBride, you know, he was somebody that wasn't all that special his rookie year, and now he's exploded um, and is pr- pretty much the consensus tight end number two in dynasty formats. So 
Michael Mayer is somebody that I think could explode into that top five at the position in the next year or two, so I love him here in the 10th round. Now, if you are of the mind of pairing somebody like Michael Mayer with a veteran tight end, I think round 11 presents a perfect opportunity to do that. Picks 121 to 132, I really like Cole Komet. Uh, He's 24 years old. He's going at pick 121. And we're talking about a guy that back-to-back, top eight seasons, he got a big contract from the Bears. Um, You know, if Justin Fields stays, then that's fine. They have a great connection. And if not, in theory, it should be an upgrade in the passing attack uh, with Caleb Williams. And so he's always really been getting the receiving yards, um, but now he's finally getting the, the touchdowns as well. So he's somebody that I think is a is undervalued in dynasty formats right now. And when you talk about the players he's going around, we have Cole Komet leads off the round at 121, but Darren Waller, uh, who I think is a sell, uh, Mike Williams, another guy who's probably a sell, Tyler Lockett, Elijah Moore, Luke Musgrave, Romeo Dobbs, Wandale Robinson, Michael Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Sam Howell, and Dalton Schultz, um, who again, he's actually somebody that could be a bit of a value here in this situation if he ends up back in Houston. But this is why I think 10th, 11th, 10th and 11th round excuse me, are really the sweet spot for tight ends in startup drafts. So I would be looking to get a couple in this range. In round number 12, picks 133 to 144, we have, starting at 133, we have Kenny Pickett, Chuba Hubbard, Quentin Johnston, Gabe Davis, Traylon Burks, Tucker Craft, Dontavian Wicks, Chase Brown, Kendra Miller, Tyler Algier, Rashad Bateman, and Damian Pierce. Now there's a few players that really stick out in this range that I like, and there's for different reasons. The player that I think is the best value that would be my favorite choice in this draft, or this round, excuse me, is Kendra Miller. Uh, He's running back for the New Orleans Saints. He's only 21 years old. He's going at pick 141, so at the back of this round. And he's someone that, again, age, third-round draft capital. Um, He's on a team that is probably going to need the running back help. Jamal Williams, uh, you know, aging and didn't have much this past season. Alvin Kamara is aging a bit as well. We'll see kind of what the Saints do if they can you know, rearrange, uh, restructure those contracts a bit with those running backs because they do have a lot of money tied up at the position and they are significantly over the cap. But he was hurt most of the year and he came back. He had an awesome last game of the regular season. And I think this is someone that is probably going to be more involved as a second-year player and I would imagine would be fully taking over the backfield by 2025. So at this late In the draft, you know, 13th round, I think that that's a really solid pick for value as somebody who's going to increase over the next couple years in the market. But I mentioned other guys I like. If you're talking a cheap vet that you can get some, you know, easy, cheap production from, I think Chuba Hubbard at 134 with the Panthers. I'm not sure that Carolina is in a position where they're probably going to be doing a ton to the running back position given all their other needs. So he's somebody that. You know, at this late, you want to throw in as a flex, running back three. I think that's a good spot for him as well. There's some other young running backs. Chase Brown for the Cincinnati Bengals is someone that if they do not retain Joe Mixon is going to see his value really spike this offseason. I think it's already starting to go up a little bit on the suspicion that that could be the case. Uh, but he showed some some burst during his rookie season as well. 
his you know the downside for Chase Brown is that because he was a later round pick, I believe it was the fifth round, the team is not necessarily going to be as tied to him as the Saints would be to Kendra Miller, who they took on day two. So, you know, that's just something to keep in mind. And then the other name, uh, another Green Bay Packer, uh, Dontavian Wicks, uh, wide receiver. I think he had a lot of, you know, he, he really showed some people that he can play in this league as a rookie, another late-round pick um, on a crowded uh, roster at wide receiver. A lot of talented players there in Green Bay. And he was great. Uh, as a rookie, and I think he's going to be a little bit more involved. Someone is going to get squeezed out of that Green Bay offense eventually, um, and I don't think it's going to be Wicks. So, um, again, a couple other options there besides Kendra Miller uh, this late in a startup draft. In the 13th round, we're going to go back to the wide receiver position. Uh, This is picks 145 to 156, which includes Jonathan Mingo, Antonio Gibson, uh, Chigo Conquo, Devin Singletary, Zamir White, Ty Chandler, A.J. Dillon, Juju Smith-Schuster, Khalil Herbert, Desmond Ritter, Jalen Hyatt, and Marvin Mims. Now, I'm going to go with Marvin Mims as my pick for this round. Uh, he's going as pick 156, the last in the round, and he's only 21 years old. He didn't do a lot as a rookie, but when again, when you start getting this late in a startup draft, you're you're looking a little bit there's two different types of players you're probably going to go for. One is going to be those boom-bust types of players that can ascend into being a starter in your lineup. And then the other is going to be players that are maybe a little bit more safe, probably don't have the ceiling, um, but they've shown something to where they can be depth, you know, bench pieces for you that can start on bye weeks, um, you know, fill in when guys get hurt. Marvin Mims, to me, is more so in the first category as somebody who could break out and end up being, you know, a big-time player. Um, he's, you know, he's a slot wide receiver, a little bit of a smaller guy. Um, but the Broncos might not have Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton next year. They're, they've both been rumored to be uh, in trade talks, uh, both in season and now in the off season, And there's a good chance that Russell Wilson's not back and that there's a different quarterback in Denver next year. So this offense could change a lot. And Marvin Mims being, you know, a day two pick had a lot of good things as a prospect. He's somebody that I think a lot of people in the dynasty community liked. I think this is more than fair in terms of, you know, draft capital end of the 13th round perfectly good type of player to take a shot on and see if he can turn into something because you know if he doesn't hit you know your opportunity cost in this range like we, we just mentioned the players going around him you're talking you know similar rookies Jalen Hyatt um, you're talking you know backup quarterbacks like Desmond Ritter um, you know a bunch of backup running backs I, I think there is a case if you you know are running back needy at this point that you know a Devin Singletary or a Ty Chandler you know, could be in play, but you know, I'm not, I'm not really interested in, in much else in this range. So uh, Marvin Mims at 156 is my pick for the 13th round. Now round number 14 picks 157 to 168. I'm going to stay at the wide receiver position. Uh, here are the players going in that round currently on sleeper. We have Alexander Madison, Rashid Shahid, Tank Bigsby, Greg Dulcich, Brandon Cooks, Zach Moss, Demario Douglas, Mac Jones, Sky Moore, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, and J.K. Dobbins. 
This is where you're really in these startup drafts. You're starting into the range of guys that are just flat out not going to have any value after the 2024 season. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking a bunch of backup quarterbacks and, you know, old receivers. Uh, Shahid has some potential here. I do like him, but the guy I'm going to actually go with is Demario Douglas. Uh, he's 23 years old, wide receiver for the Patriots. He's going at 163, and he and Shahid and then Greg Dulcich are really the three players that I like in this range. Um, although this would be not a bad spot to grab Zach Moss if you are a Jonathan Taylor manager, but uh, if we're talking a startup, Demario Douglas is somebody that showed a lot of promise as a first-year player. Um, you know, he is small. He's only 5'8". Uh, but this is somebody that I think can develop into a solid flex player in fantasy. Um, you know, he had 49 catches for 561 yards as a rookie, and they're going to get a big quarterback upgrade. It's looking like it might be Jaden Daniels, but whether it's Drake May or, um, you know, someone else, we'll see. But either way, it's likely not going to be Mac Jones or Bailey Zappi. And Douglas showed that he's really one of the only receivers – worth anything on that Patriots offense. I'm, you know, I'm out on Juju. I'm, uh, Kayshawn Boutte is probably not going to amount to anything in this league. Uh, you know, Kendrick Bourne might be, might be something, but, you know, coming off an injury there and a little bit older. So Douglas to me showed some nice things as a rookie. And, um, I think he's worth the price point here in the 14th round, 15th round, uh, we're, again, we're going to stick with another young guy. You'll notice kind of a theme in these mid to late rounds. Uh, I do tend to to like those younger players and try to build something that's more of a sustainable, uh, you know, sustainable roster moving forward, so you can be a competitor for more than just you know your first year in the league or more than just a couple. Something where you can get a solid three to five year window out of your dynasty team rather than go all in on year one and then have to you know start all over two or three years in. A lot of people really like the you know draft strategy of not necessarily fully punting on year one, but you know really going heavy on those young wide receivers and quarterbacks and then building your team through the rookie draft in year two to turn yourself into a contender after just one season. Uh, so whatever draft strategy you prefer, I do think that taking these younger receivers and 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 in this range, tight ends, uh, I think is a smart smart strategy to take. So in round 15, we're going to go with another 23-year-old. Uh, at tight end this time, we're going to go Isaiah Likely. He's going to pick 174 in the 15th round, which is picks 169 to 180. And that includes Elijah Mitchell, Darnell Mooney, Ryan Tannehill, Izzy Abanacanda, Miles Sanders, Isaiah Likely, Adam Thielen, Zeke Elliott, Cam Akers, Curtis Samuel, Cade Otten, and Gardner Minshew. So in terms of dynasty assets that are going to help you for more than one season, there's not a lot in this range. This is frankly one of my least favorite rounds uh, that we've talked about today. And there's a case for somebody like a Darnell Mooney. Um, you know, maybe you're a fan of the Miles Sanders bounce back. But to me, uh, Isaiah likely presents kind of the best blend of, you know, production and future value. At 23 years old, he's been pretty consistently involved in the Baltimore offense. He had over 400 yards and five touchdowns this past season. Mark Andrews has, you know, dealt with some health issues. And even when he has been on the field, likely has still played alongside him. So it's not like it's an all-or-nothing type of situation. Um, and at this point in the draft, I think he's a solid depth piece that, 
you know, should Andrews go down again in some capacity is going to have increased value. And whether you use him for yourself or, you know, he's someone that you trade at some point, I think he's a nice piece to have. And he's going to be someone, too, that if Baltimore doesn't retain him in two years, you know, he'll be somebody that I think, given his track record already, has shown enough that he might get a full starting opportunity with another team. So, again, 15th round, a nice guy that I think is worth, uh, you know, throwing onto the end of your bench. All right, so now we're through 15 rounds, which I think are really where most teams are going to, you know, snatch up their starters and, you know, their their cornerstone key players. You can always supplement your starting lineup with trades throughout the summer and the, and the off season. But I do think that, depending on your league, I think I know most startup leagues usually have about 30 rounds. Some play with taxi squads, some don't. Um, but regardless, I prefer a 30-man roster. And that means that round 16 to 30, you know, you got to find something out there that's going to be able to help your team in some way. Now, you're probably not going to be drafting starters. Uh, you might not even, you know, have much in the way of guys that ever really turn into much of anything. But if you can get a couple solid bench players in this range, guys that you can plug in on bye weeks, guys that if, you know, one player on their team in real life gets hurt, you know, they're going to step into a role that's going to be valuable. Those are really the types of players that I think you want to look for in the last, you know, 15 rounds of a draft like this. So I've got three players. I've broken the last 15 rounds into groups of five. So we have around 16 to 20 rounds 21 to 25, and then rounds 26 to 30. And I've got three players in each group that I want to highlight here as, you know, shots in the dark. Maybe won't be anything, but they might provide you some value, especially these first few players. Um, And then some guys that, hey, if you're going to take with the last pick in your draft, uh, the second to last pick, whatever it may be, they might give you something which is better than what you're going to get most of the time this late in the draft. So let's start uh, with round 16 to 20, which is picks 181 to 240. I'm not going to go through and list all the players, obviously, in this range. Uh, you can go ahead and take a look on Sleeper, but, um, you know, it's everybody that I haven't already read off. So the first guy on my list here, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills, Khalil Shakir, age 24. He's going at pick number 195, which is uh, early seventh, early 17th round. Um And this is a guy that his role really grew as the year went on. Um, A lot of people liked him as a rookie coming out of Boise State. Um, He didn't do a lot in his first year, but, uh, you know, a really nice, solid second season. Uh, And, you know, he, if you look at his stats and Stephon Diggs over the the back half of the year, they're not that different. And, you know, especially when you include the playoffs. And Shakir, you know, moved his way up. Um, on Josh Allen's trusted target list and somebody that I think might be the Bills wide receiver two next year. Um, and you never really know, you know, what the future is going to be there because, you know, Stefan Diggs is a bit of a, you know, a drama queen. And, you know, I imagine that he stays in Buffalo, but Gabe Davis has shown that he's not anything more than a boom bust completely inconsistent fantasy option. You know, he's going to get some deep balls and and have some nice weeks, but I think Shakir represents somebody that can be a little bit more of a steady contributor from this Bills offense, and 
again, is he is he probably going to be you know a guy that's going to start in your lineup everywhere? No, certainly not. But again, we're talking bye weeks. We're talking injuries. What happens if Stephon Diggs does go down with an injury? What happens if Gabe Davis misses time? Will Buffalo probably draft a receiver at some point in you know the early rounds? Sure, it's certainly a possibility. But I think Shakir showed enough, um, especially post offensive coordinator change, that he's going to stick around and be you know a pretty important part of that Buffalo offense moving forward. So at this point in the draft, uh, I think this is he's a huge buy. Um, I think he's very undervalued. Um, quite frankly, if if we weren't doing this in a situation where we're taking them round by round, I would probably have Shakir, you know, above somebody like a Likely or a Demario Douglas. Uh, I'd probably have him more in that 13th round type of range, 13 to 14. So he's somebody that I really like uh, at this point in the draft. Going one pick after Khalil Shakir is Josh Palmer, another 24-year-old wide receiver from the L.A. Chargers. And I think he's somebody that, again, this is a really good spot for him. He's going at that, you know, 17, 18 uh, turn. And the Chargers are probably not going to have both Keenan Allen and Mike Williams on their roster next year. It's possible they don't have either. Uh, Quentin Johnson seems like a bust. And I think Josh Palmer is going to be ahead of Johnson on the depth chart moving forward. I think he's probably going to be the Chargers' number two receiver for all of next year if he can stay healthy, which was an issue this past season. But this is somebody that I think presents some solid bench depth. You know, six out of the ten games that he played where he was healthy this year, he had double-digit fantasy points in PPR scoring. And he's shown a knack that, you know, he can be a reliable target for Justin Herbert. So this late in the draft, pick 196, I do like Josh, Josh Palmer a pretty good bit. Uh, Late round running back, which can be tough to find. We do have one more running back on this list, but uh, going at pick 226, uh, which, you know, we're talking 19th round. Uh, Keaton Mitchell, running back for the Baltimore Ravens. He's only 22, and I want to do a quick mention to uh, Trey Palmer at 215. That's somebody who I I like as well. We talked about him on the buys episode last week. Um, I like Trey Palmer, wide receiver for the Bucks as well in this range. But for the sake of being different, let's talk a little bit more about Keaton Mitchell, who flashed a lot as a rookie, um, a really efficient runner. He had an 8.43 yards per carry, which is a, a great mark. And I don't know that he's ever going to be he, – well, he, I, I do know. He's never going to be a bell cow running back. But he can be a change of pace guy. He can catch the ball. This is somebody that I think is going to be involved in that Ravens offense. And – you know, he's not going to start for you on a weekly basis. But again, if you're talking to fill in or somebody gets hurt, um, you know, the Ravens backfield has had a whole bunch of injury issues over the past several years, you know, Mitchell himself included in that, that I think this is plenty late enough to take a flyer on somebody who flashed and, you know, could be a significant piece of this Ravens offense over the next couple seasons. Now moving on to rounds 21 to 25, picks 241 to 300. Uh, it's going to be you know a little bit harder now to find guys that stick out. But my three-pack of players here are Jelani Woods, tight end for the Colts, who's age 25. Uh, he's going at pick 259. Uh, we've got Hunter Henry, another tight end, age 29, going at pick 267 for the New England Patriots, although he is a free agent. And then even deeper, 
Uh, we're talking 24th, 25th round. Uh, we've got David Bell, wide receiver. He's 23 years old for the Cleveland Browns. He's going at pick 283. Those three players, you know, I don't know how much fantasy value they're they're truly going to provide moving forward, but I do think that there is some potential, um, especially, you know, we're talking potential in terms of Woods and then David Bell um, because they really haven't hit any sort of ceiling yet or shown more than just a flash. Uh, Jelani Woods, I'll start with him, just a big dude, 6'7", 253. He had a handful of nice games as a rookie with the Colts, but then he missed but basically his entire second season uh, with injury. So reminds me a little bit of Greg Dulcich. He's kind of the cheaper version, um, but I don't know that he flashed to the same extent that he did. But this is somebody you can get for dirt cheap. Uh, he's going you know, extremely late. We're talking 22nd round in a startup, and I think that's a worthwhile flyer. I think you can take some shots at the tight end position at the very end of your draft. I, I love that strategy. I think it's a really smart move because you never know uh, with how late tight ends break out, you know, take a couple shots on young guys. You never know what you're going to get. And if they don't work out, you can cut them no problem and, and move on. So Jelani Woods, first guy on my list. Uh, Hunter Henry, an older tight end who I'm actually a little bit surprised is going this late because he was, you know, fairly decent this year, um, at least for a handful of weeks. Uh, to start the season, he had two monster games. Um, he was tight end 19 and 14 games healthy this year. Um, you know, so he did miss some time with injury. He's a free agent. He's probably going to stay in New England. I would assume he would have a much better quarterback situation, so that's always a plus. So if you're looking for a really late flyer um, that might be able to provide you with some bye week help at tight end, or if you're in you know a league where you know it is super flex or or not Superflex, uh, tight end premium, or you even have a bigger boost of like a two-point per reception for tight ends instead of just an extra half point. Hunter Henry is a perfectly good target this late in your draft. David Bell, he's only 23. I loved him as a rookie. He's probably one of my biggest misses over the years in terms of rookie evaluations. I was a big fan of David Bell coming out. Um, I liked him in the early second of his draft class, and he just simply has not panned out. He's been a complete bust. Um, hasn't done much of anything. He's fallen down the depth chart there in Cleveland. But the reason that I have him on this list as a potential value in the 24th round is the fact that he did flash late in the season. He got a little bit of playing time finally, um, and he had 22.8 fantasy points in the last regular season game. And then he continued that playing time into the playoffs. You know, he had eight catches for the Browns in their playoff game. So you know, it was a bit of a lopsided, you know, affair against Houston, but still eight catches in a playoff game when, you know, things matter. That's nice to see too. So for somebody that, you know, you could cut easily and the players going in this range really aren't going to do much for your roster. I think he's a, a good guy to take a flyer on at this stage uh, in a startup draft. Now for our final three players here, before we wrap it up for today, Rounds 26 to 30, picks 301 to 360, um, which, you know, these guys, again, you're probably not going to get anything out of the players that you take this late in your draft. But you got to take your shot. You know, it's the same reason why you churn guys out uh, on the free agent wire every, you know, every offseason and throughout the regular season, too. You want to be churning your, your last couple, you know, roster spots on your dynasty team because... You want to see what you might be able to find. Gems are everywhere and everywhere. 
and you never know what you're going to have until you take a chance on a guy. So here we have uh, two young guys that, you know, kind of fit more of that mold and then one that probably fits more into that veteran potential bench piece. Uh, so we'll start with him. That's Donald Parham, uh, 26-year-old tight end for the Chargers, going at pick 357. So that's the back end of the 30th round. And he's someone that is never going to be you know, a big-time fantasy contributor. But he did catch four touchdowns as a backup uh, to Gerald Everett, who is a free agent. Jim Harbaugh loves an offense that throws to the tight end position. And for somebody that you can get with the last pick of the draft – you know, getting touchdown upside at tight end is something nice to have um, because you probably aren't going to have a roster full of solid contributors. So if you do have an injury or somebody misses a couple games, whatever the situation may be, Parham could be a guy that you toss into your lineup, you know, pray for a touchdown and call it good if he if he ends up with one. But the upside play here is if Gerald Everett does not stay in L.A., and if the Chargers don't go out and make a splash at the at the tight end position in free agency or the draft, you know, there's some talk about Brock Bowers and whatnot, but there's also been a lot of talk about, you know, offensive tackle or trading back. So who knows what LA will do in the draft. And Parham is a super cheap option that just toss him at the end of your bench and, you know, maybe he can grab you a touchdown at some point in the at the year and uh and help you out. Now, the next two players, uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, uh, running back, 23 years old from the Denver Broncos. He's going at pick 388. And then Brevin Jordan, a 23-year-old tight end for the Houston Texans, going at pick 398. So these are two players that are going undrafted in a 30-man startup draft. I think that's insane for Jaleel McLaughlin. You know, I am so surprised that he is going at 388. Um, I would imagine that that is going to increase and that he'll be at least drafted um, you know, by the time summer rolls around. But again, all these players that we mentioned today, all the startup ADP is going to get shaken around after the NFL draft. Uh, so we'll see exactly how it changes. But McLaughlin, he had a pretty nice rookie year. Um, came out of nowhere. He had 400 yards on the ground. He had 31 catches, which is really the the important number to know here. He's a good pass-catching uh, running back. And for somebody that you can get as a free agent or in the last pick of your draft, having that receiving upside is huge because if you can have that, he's going to stay a piece of the offense. So, you know, if you're somebody that took a Javante Williams earlier, um, you know, maybe go for McLaughlin late to, to pair with him um, and have that Broncos backfield covered because I don't know that Samaj P. Ryan has much left in the tank. Um, he didn't you know, really, I think McLaughlin kind of took a lot of that role that P. Ryan was supposed to have. So at 388, I think that's a extremely good value uh, for him in drafts. And then Brevin Jordan, you know, somebody that you might cut by the time the season rolls around, but he's somebody that did get a little bit of playing time at the end of the year. He's still young. Um, he had a huge catch in the playoffs for a touchdown, and Dalton Schultz is a question mark because he's a free agent. You don't know if he's going to come back to Houston. You would imagine that even if he doesn't, you know, they'll make another move at the position. But you never know, Brevin Jordan, you want pieces of that Houston Texan offense, and he's one that is essentially free. So there you have it. A little bit of a longer episode today, but I appreciate you if you made it this far in the podcast. Uh, you know, we just touched on about 
I think it was 24 players to consider values in a startup draft. Uh, so regardless of whether you're you know participating in any startups right now, I think you can think of most of these players as trade targets uh, in your dynasty leagues. I think based on these startup values, it's something good that you can use in trades in general as well. You know, instead of just relying on a site like Keep Trade Cut or Dynasty Trade Calculator or you know whatever resources you use to complete trades, startup draft position is something that I think is a value a valuable part of the equation. Um, again, I don't think there's any one thing that you should use when making a trade. I am firmly against, you know, just using a trade calculator and doing whatever it says. I don't think that's how you win in Dynasty. But it's something that you can use in your own equation as you figure out, okay, what might a fair offer look like? Who's being undervalued? Who's being overvalued? How does the market generally look at players? And I think this is another good tool, uh, good resource to throw into that mix. So with that, uh, we'll wrap up. I want to thank you all again for tuning in. And uh, we'll catch you all next week as we get into the NFL Draft Combine. We're going to start talking a little bit more about rookies, and then we have NFL Free Agency. Uh, So stay tuned, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks so much.